If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Calls Cloud Business Phone Service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Conservative, not bitter, indeed. You're listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. And yes, I am your host, Todd Huff. Email, as always, Todd at Todd Show.com. Facebook.com slash Todd Show should be up and running here momentarily. Momentarily had a, another delay in the camera attaching here or whatever to the uh, to the software program this morning. Should be having that up and running here. In just a moment, although it's still not cooperating with me, of course. So try to fix that probably next segment for those that wish uh, watch on Facebook. A couple of times now I've had a problem with this popping up. So anyway, good to be here. Thank you for joining us. You know, I want to talk today. I want to talk today about something. Look, I know. How do I how do we say this? I know that there's a lot of heavy stuff out there. Um, for Americans to deal with. And I know I've even heard some people mention, friends of mine, um, comment on, you know, not watching the news as much right now. And I understand that. I mean, it's it's everywhere from, you know, problems uh, with, with race relations, problems with protesting, which again, protesting versus rioting. We've talked about that. Not just, you know, people trying to figure out, okay, there's protests, and now what? Which is kind of part of what I want to talk about today. Rioting, you know, Chaz or Chop taking over the city of Seattle, or at least a portion of that, which seems absurd to someone who's, um, you know, believes in, in law and order. And for someone who believes that, um, <laughs> you know, you, you just can't take over a city, right? I mean, this is crazy talk here. So we've got all these things. We've got coronavirus, second wave concerns. You've got the economy. You've got the government talking about a second stimulus package. I can feel, I can feel your blood pressure increase even as I mentioned these things this morning. So I get it. I get it. And so as I prepare the show sometimes, I think, man, you know, you have to talk about these things. We try to be... You know, never taking things lightly, but, you know, sometimes we try to have a little bit of fun or at least lighten the mood a little bit because these are serious, heavy topics, and there's a lot of them, right? A lot of these folks, of course, immediately blame Trump and the White House. Trump's the reason for all these things happening. Trump's the reason for COVID. Trump's the reason for the economy 
in shambles. Of course, Trump was what Trump did was the reason that the economy had taken off. Now, I want to clarify that statement real quick. I want to clarify that statement. Some people, I think, misunderstand and think that conservatives or people who say that Trump's actions helped the economy are saying that Trump is the one um, you know, creating the prosperity. All Trump is doing, and I'm not minimizing this because this has become a big thing because we've had people that have acted exactly in the opposite fashion for so long. Trump basically has gotten the government out of the way of the economy in many ways. There's still many obstacles, but he's dismantled the bureaucratic state in a lot of ways. And what that does and what that did uh, prior to what we've seen here with, with COVID, what that did was create a an opportunity for people to survive and thrive, not just survive, but to thrive because there's fewer obstacles, there's fewer rules, there's less taxes. These things are good for an economy, no matter how much the modern radical left wails and screams and cries and yells at the universe and all these things. This is good for economic activity, a good thing. And so that's where Trump gets the credit for the economy, it's still individual entrepreneurs, businesses, corporations, what have you. And look, I'm not saying that all these corporations are you know, worthy of our praise and adoration. But when we're talking specifically about the economy, when people are allowed to act in their own best self-interest, good things happen, right? This is, this is something that we learned, well, that Adam Smith – writes about, you know, the invisible hand, so to speak, being able to, for things to move in a generally good direction, the invisible hand pulling parts of the economy together, people working towards their own self-interest, not to be confused with selfishness, but people working in their own self-interest can usually find a way to make improvements. There's a win-win situation that's created. The person who spends money in a transaction and the company who provides a product or service in a transaction both sides benefit, and those little win-win scenarios happening across this nation, and uh, and and you know once once we hit uh, mass, where this is happening in mass, I guess I should say, good things happen. So all these things are happening. There's debate, discussion. Uh, there's tension now, of course, that the economy is beginning to fall, uh, or has fallen, I should say, because of because of COVID. And there's concerns about that. All this stuff. It's heavy though, right? There's still a lot of good news um, over the, the course of the last three and a half years now, almost four years. But there's a lot of concern as well. A lot of concern about COVID, racism, police brutality, all this stuff. For Even when you look at the issues of, of policing, there's the issues uh, that we saw on video with George Floyd. But there's also the issues that have come since then, which are police officers being targeted, being ambushed, their families being now at risk, officers not wanting people to know where they live or they don't want to be identified um, through social media. They don't want to put a metaphorical bullseye on their backs from some of these radical, uh, violent types who now are targeting the police, which we don't hear enough news coverage about, but and talking with law enforcement, there's a lot of this happening. Anyway, it's a heavy time is the point. Heavy time 
And look, I I saw something. Actually, this is uh, something that was just published yesterday, but it happened over over the weekend. I had a, a friend that sent me this. Chick Fil A's Dan Cathy asks white Christians to repent of racism. Dan Cathy went to a church uh, with what Louis Giglio, I believe, in Atlanta, and it was kind of like a well, a panel discussion, if you will, on racism and the role of the church and Christianity. And look, I know many of you have faith in this audience. Some of you don't. Um, I am a, a Christian, believe that Jesus is the Son of God. He came to this planet, died for our sins, rose from the, the grave, and it offers forgiveness um, to everyone. Everyone, by the way, regardless of any other qualifier, any other way that humanity can differentiate itself from everyone else, male, female, you know, white, black, Hispanic, um, Asian, uh, you could live on any continent. You can have any uh, sexual uh, orientation. You can have God forgives everybody. You can be of any political belief. Now, some of these things, uh, the teachings and the ideas and the practice of certain things, I would maintain violates what God wants. But I'm saying at, when you enter into that belief in Christ, you can come from any you can be any person, literally any person on this planet. And so um, the church all, uh, certainly has a role. Christianity certainly has a role. The church, I think, has many times been scared of, of having a role in society. The church has been too quiet. I think the church is actually complicit in their silence in some, in some matters. But we're going to talk specifically about some of the comments Dan Cathy makes about white Christians and racism, and this is, again, I'm looking here at a Fox News article. So he starts, well, there, there's sound, this is a 70-minute thing, right, this, this, uh, this discussion. And so there's a couple things that I think, I feel like the, some in the church, and I feel like the church in general, and not, maybe not even going to church, even regular, everyday, average people who just have a, have a faith in, morality, right? You believe in a right and a wrong. Some folks are trying to navigate this uh, and, and to uh, to figure out what to do next. And that's one of my questions. In fact, I wrote about that in this week's newsletter. What next, right? So we have, we have the situation with George Floyd. We have all the things that have happened since then from protests, genuine protests to outright uh, hostile takeovers of cities, in the case of Chaz or Chop in Seattle. And so we've, now what is my question? Because what we do is important, right? That is really the most critical part of this. Yes, it's important to recognize the problems, problem or problems. Yes, it's important to, uh, you know, to have an initial discussion, to understand how this affects people and people's perspectives. I'm open to that. I said that from the very beginning. I'm, I'm open to listen to someone of a different political persuasion or race explain things to me. I understand there are things that I don't have uh, certain experience with that other Americans do, black Americans, or take whatever other group um, 
there's people that have experience that I, I don't have. And I'm open to understanding that. I think most people are today willing to understand that and listen and just try to understand from that person's perspective. Doesn't mean that you're going to agree with, um, it doesn't mean that you won't uh, be able to relate in some ways or sometimes that we all have. We all have some similarities. We all have ways to relate, but there are some situations that we cannot relate to. So listening is is fine. That's a good thing. Trying to understand and identify the source of the problem is good. But then comes the issue of what to do next. And this is really ultimately the most important thing. And so when we look at this, when we look at this, that becomes the question, right? I mean, what do we do next? Because if this is all about reparations, which my wife told me yesterday, she watched even some uh, special or some such thing that uh, Oprah, good old Oprah had put together. Of course, she has black women. I don't know who else was. I know she mentioned Stacey Abrams and whatever the mayor of Atlanta is. I'm, I'm drawing a blank on her her name right now, but the mayor of Atlanta of course, two black liberals on there, um, which, of course, are telling us, um, at least to some extent, what they think needs to happen next. And reparations comes up. But if we're talking about reparations as the solution, if we're talking about not requiring an ID to vote, if we're talking about um, excusing violent behavior or lumping in things that happened between law enforcement, just like these two cases. These two cases, George Floyd and uh, Rayshard Brooks, they're being talked about as though they're the same thing. And they're, they're not, folks. They're not the same thing at all. And we have video evidence to demonstrate that. And this is a district attorney, Paul Howard in Fulton County, Georgia. I mean, he's completely misrepresenting what happened. We went through that yesterday. But the situations are not the same. So if we're going to we have to separate, identify the problem and then say now what? You know, this this whole uh, you know discussion about, you know, going back to even including kneeling for the flag, which I saw Kyler Murray quarterback Arizona Cardinals says he's kneeling for the flag and he doesn't give a darn given the edited version here, but he doesn't care what the, everyone else thinks, which I respect that. Don't give a darn, but also understand that, uh, you know, people... Listen to Todd's show on your way to work, but what I... That happened prematurely there. But just because, just because uh, you take an action doesn't mean that there's a consequence. Someone else may not want to watch you because of this. But we're told the kneeling was to draw attention to this conversation. My point is you have... Black Lives Matter, uh, insofar as the stated purpose of talking about these matters pertaining to race, they, they have America's attention. And so now it's what happens next. So I want to explore that. I want to explore that because this is where ideology, political ideology comes in. And there should be a discourse. And any time that one group of Americans tells another group of Americans to shut up. You don't have anything worthy to say. You have to sit there and listen and do whatever the other group has to say. And by the way, by the way, when you look at what they um, are suggesting in many cases is the implementation of liberalism in the case of, say, reparations or 
you know, uh, doing away with voter, you know, wise voter ID laws and practices. When those are the things that are presented, I begin to say, well, what's, why are those the solutions? Why, why are we needing to go hardcore to reparations, which some people say is the next step? And some people think that the church, in fact, Christianity Today, I saw last week, had written that the church uh, needs to take the role in, le- in leading this discussion on reparations. Maybe we'll include that as well. But I think there's a lot of emotions and confusion around this as well. But the starting point I think we should all be able to agree with is identify the problem, understand it, listen to one another. This is what should happen. And then begin the process of saying, now what? Which is really where we are, really where we are. And we can't be, we can't be, pressured or shamed into doing something that really isn't anywhere near the right thing to do or being told that we need to shut up because we're part of the problem. These, This is where these general statements bother me quite a bit. And we're going to talk about some of those things and use this Chick-fil-A example with Dan Cathy. When we get back along in this first segment, Oz has told me a couple of times it's time to take a break and I'm going to listen here and I'm going to oblige. So now Glenn, you can tell folks what you want to tell folks instead of interrupting me midstream in the sentence a couple of minutes ago. So sit tight. Be back in just a minute. Welcome back. We are now streaming on Facebook. Apologize. There was a camera connection error to the software so that's where we are facebook.com slash todd f show if you want to join us there and again sorry if you uh normally watch or listen to the program there just a technical glitch that we dealt with here this morning during the first break so talking about dan kathy chick-fil-a i want to read this um summary fox news on what dan kathy was saying about racism in in the church, talking to Christians, specifically even white Christians. And I want to go through this and talk about this a bit. This is the article again at Fox News. White Christians should repent for racism and fight for their black brothers and sisters, Chick-fil-A CEO urged, after weeks of protests over police brutality and the death of Rayshard Brooks. Kathy spoke uh, spoke about racism in America during a 70-minute roundtable discussion Sunday at Passion City. Passion City Church in Atlanta. Brooks had been shot dead two days earlier by an an Atlanta police officer in a Wendy's parking lot sparking protests. This is a quote from Dan Cathy. Most of us white people were out of sight, out of mind, oblivious to it, Cathy said about injustice against black Americans. We cannot let this moment pass. The son of Chick-fil-A founder S. Truett Cathy said the company has had, quote, about a dozen Chick-fil-A restaurants vandalized in the last week, but my plea would be for the white people rather than point fingers at that kind of criminal effort would would be to see the level of frustration and exasperation and almost sense of hopelessness that exists on some of those activists within the African-American community. He started having conversations with employees and realized even at its corporate office there were, quote, conscious and unconscious biases that made black team members feel they weren't, quote, treated with honor, dignity, and 
respect. Uh, speaking with Louis Giglio, Passion City founder and Lecrae Christian rapper, Kathy said, "We are we as Caucasians until we're willing to just pick up the baton and fight for our Black African American brothers and sisters, which uh, which they are as one human race. We're shameful. We're just adding to it." He added. Our silence is so huge at this time, we cannot be silent. Somebody has to fight, and God has so blessed our city. But it's shameful how we let these things get so out of whack. Kathy spoke about repentance and taking action, then shined Lecrae's shoes on stage. Quote, any expressions of a contrite heart, of a sense of humility, a sense of shame, a sense of embarrassment— an apologetic heart. I think that's what our world needs today. Kathy's public comments come after he published a post on his personal LinkedIn page titled Use Your Power and Influence. He described how Chick-fil-A has worked to improve, quote, the most distressed zip code in Georgia, end quote. The company also donated money and resources to local businesses and institutions and is helping plan redevelopment of the area um there's one more paragraph here but it's taught well i'll I'll read it earlier this month chick-fil-a apologized this opens another can of worms here but apologized for a viral photo of an employee wearing a back the blue t-shirt right a support of law enforcement that t-shirt chick-fil-a apologized for the company was criticized as quote racist but the shirt was actually supporting a local football team in the picture was several years old. So the back the blue uh, motto, I guess, um, was being applied to a little league football team. And of course, if you back the blue, then you're you're racist. I guess is is where this comes from. So there's a lot to unpack here. A lot to unpack here. First of all, as Christians, or just forget about even that for a moment. Just as repentance. Let's talk about repentance for a moment. Repentance is a is a term that actually it means something. And, and repentance is if I'm heading in a certain direction, typically with this is metaphorical, if I'm heading in a certain direction with the way I'm behaving, the things I'm embracing, uh, my belief system, repentance means I'm convicted of that direction. It's the wrong thing. And in a Christian sense, it comes from a conviction of the Holy Spirit of God. And I turn about I do an about face and I walk the other direction. So if I'm moving towards something that God disapproves of, repentance says, stop it, knucklehead. Don't do this. You know, I'm you're being convicted by God and you turn around and you don't pursue that anymore and you go the other direction. Repentance, repentance ultimately is a personal thing. Repentance is something that I am doing wrong. And by the way, newsflash out there, and everyone knows this, but no one apparently wants to say this, but we're all, we all need to repent of something. This is, this is human nature. This is why, one of the reasons why our founders understood human nature so well, one of the reasons why our system works. It's one of the main reasons the founders said, we don't want centralized power in one branch of government. We don't want a king, for example, we don't want a branch of government to be you know, the centralized source of power. We want three separate, distinct branches that can hold one another accountable. And yes, I know it brings into question this DACA decision the Supreme Court issued, which is ludicrous, truly insane what they've done here. 
Panther, they want to assume, again, I, I, I touched on this earlier in the week, the courts are now assuming the role of Congress by legislating. They are legislating consistently from that bench. They are making up law. They are making it up as they go. And see, folks, you can't, you can't do anything about that. You can't vote for a Supreme Court justice. You can vote for someone who can choose that justice. You can vote for someone who can hold hearings and ultimately confirm that justice. But you can't do anything about those nine justices on the bench. So there's, they're politically insulated. Congress is cool with that. At least the left is because they can abdicate their responsibility to legislate, legislate things that are not popular even, to the court, advance liberalism. There's nothing you can do about it. Everybody in Congress can moan and cry about it and talk about it in ways that makes it sound like they are, you know, the the victims here. But why not take regain control of this? Why let the courts do this? Congress does have recourse. They'll never use it. But Congress does have some recourse here. Nonetheless, the, con- the, the founders understood this. And one of the reasons was because humanity... Humanity is broken. It doesn't mean that there's not any good in any person. It just means that we're all broken. We all have something to repent of. But let me pause in saying this, and I'm going to take a break here. Oz has got to be pulling her hair out over here at me. But just because one person has something to repent for, it doesn't mean that you have to repent for that either. In order for something (laughs) – this is fundamentally basic and important. I can't repent – for someone else's sin. I can't. It's not possible. I can empathize for someone who's been the victim of that. If, 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 if for example, someone was married to uh, a spouse who didn't treat that person well, I can empathize, but I can't repent for that. I can't do anything about that. I can show remorse, not remorse. I can show, I can show empathy. I can show concern. I can show compassion. I can show love, but I can't repent. I can't repent of that. So in the sense that Dan Kathy talks to all white Christians and telling us all to repent of racism, I would say to Dan Kathy, sir, with all due respect, with all due respect, Dan Cathy, and I got a lot of respect for Dan Cathy, but not in this stuff, not not in some of these things he's been saying here. I would say maybe you need to repent from a little bit of arrogance and thinking that you have, you have the answers, you have the formula as to what average everyday white, in this case, Christians are thinking and how they're acting. It's not within the purview of your responsibility to tell us that we need to repent of something that we're not necessarily guilty of. Absolutely, there are some who are. Again, this is a personal decision, right? This is a personal conviction. This is how God, God doesn't work to say, let's collect. It's, it's mind-boggling to me how much some in this culture want to promote the idea, which is a lie that says everybody's responsible for the actions of everybody else, but no one is responsible for himself, I'm telling you, if you come to grips with that that statement right there and you understand that this is how many look at life because it's politically expedient, we can show – it's just the climate change thing, right? We're all brokenhearted about this. We all need to work together. But when, but when someone specifically does something egregious and clearly wrong on a personal level, the first thing they go to is counseling, which I'm not against counseling, but that's the first thing they do. 
They, they do that, and then they release a statement saying, that wasn't me. That wasn't, within, that wasn't consistent with who I am and my character. Well, who did it then? Look, just say you're sorry and say I'm repenting. That's really what needs to happen, but we don't do that. We don't really, we don't really do that. We, we give people this layer of insulation and a level of and any number of excuses that include even blaming entire other groups of people or other individuals for the decisions that that person made. Just repent of it, man. Just turn. Just say, I'm sorry. I messed up, right? That's what healthy repentance is. This stuff we're talking about now, asking people to, to blanket repent of something that people are scratching their head saying, man, I don't even know what I did wrong here. Then they'll tell you, well, that's part of the problem. You're not listening enough. No, I am listening. I empathize. I understand. Some things I don't. Some things I think, you know, when we start looking at the solutions, I think are creating more problems, namely reparations. Well, now you're racist again. Anyway, I want to talk more about this. I think this stuff is very important to understand. Don't be bullied into believing this stuff. Please don't. Follow your own mind and your own conscience and your own logic here. Don't be pressured. Don't be bullied into going along with this if you're not guilty. If you are, then do something about it. Absolutely, unequivocally do something about it. But if you're not, you can still be empathetic. You can still be understanding. But don't bear the guilt and responsibility for something you did not do. No matter what it is, that is not healthy. That is not. That does not come from... God, folks, it just doesn't. I got to take a break. More on this when we get back. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Welcome back. Short segment here. Short segment as I have gotten us off the track. I'm going to have to adjust that here. But I want to mention, I want to mention in this segment that this program is brought to you by our friends at Bruce Richardson Realty in Greenwood. For those of you listening in central Indiana, we're of course on Freedom 95 in Indianapolis, KYAH 540 AM in Utah. So, but this is specifically for our listeners in the central Indiana area. If you are considering listing your home, if you're thinking about you know, potentially downsizing if the kids have grown um, and, you know, have moved out. Maybe you're looking at upsizing as your family is growing, whatever the case may be. Consider our friend Bruce Richardson and his team, Bruce uh, Richardson Realty in Greenwood. In Greenwood, uh, check him out. Be sure that you tell him that the Todd Huff Show uh, sent you his direction, but you can find them online, BruceRichardsonRealty.com. Or you can call 317-507-3285, BruceRichardsonRealty.com, 317-507-3285. And I'll say this too, I'll say this too, especially on a day like today when we're, you know, we're talking, well, not just today, in, in recent, uh, in 2020 in particular. But if you are, um, well, you shouldn't assume that what I'm saying is the beliefs um, of any particular advertiser on this program. Though, as I heard Rush say in the past, it should be. <laughs> it should be. So anyway, got to take a time out here, come back and con- continue this discussion. Dan Cathy, racism, the role of church, 
uh, you know, the responsibility of white America and all that stuff as we reach, try to reach some sort of a solution to what we're dealing with here. And I found it interesting that the voices that are being silenced are those that are offering solutions that are not leftist, which ultimately is how this is being used. So we'll talk about that when we get back. Quick timeout. You're listening to Conservative Not Bitter Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back. So, so I want to go back to these comments Dan Cathy made with Louis Giglio and uh, what's the name of this church? I'm, <clears throat> Passion City, Passion City Church on stage with Lecrae, a Christian rapper. But he says this as well, and I've got, I've got problems with this as well. This is not – look, Bible tells us do justice, love mercy, walk humbly with our Lord, right? No doubt about that. Justice, love mercy, right? Mercy is mercy and grace are kind of they're related, but they're different. Grace is getting something I don't deserve. Mercy is not getting something I do deserve. So if I get the mercy of the court, that means I did something that deserved a consequence of X, and the court, you know, showed mercy and didn't give me that. Right? That is mercy. Grace Grace is if you, I don't know, you go to you go to a restaurant for lunch. This is a just a simple example and you you order something and they you say, "You know what? You're a regular customer. We want to show our appreciation for you. You're not going to pay for your meal today. It's on the house." That's grace. You you got something you didn't deserve. Now, I guess if there's a rewards program and that tells you that that's what you get, that's one thing. But this is just a spontaneous thing happened to me one time. Actually, that happened to me I'm going to say this. I, he's he's not the manager of this uh, establishment anymore, but it was an O'Charlie's, O'Charlie's restaurant. The manager uh, listened to my show and liked our program, and he wrote me a little note. Had the either he or the server dropped it off, and it said it's on the house. I appreciate what you do. I said, all right, buddy, <laughs> thanks for that. But that was graceful. I didn't deserve that. So do justice, love mercy, walk humbly with our God. So when I start hearing Dan Cathy say this, um, oh, now I've lost lost that. Uh, hold on here. Here we go. Any expressions of a contrite heart? Okay, I'm I'm okay with that. A contrite heart, a heart that comes to grips with the wrongs that I have done personally, or even even to see injustice in general. I can accept that, a broken heart that we've allowed this uh, to happen. Okay, I'm okay with that. A sense of humility, that's not a bad thing. Sense of humility is a good thing. Pride is, you know, really the great the great sin. Pride causes us to call, get into conflict oftentimes. What causes fights and quarrels among us is when we, you know, whenever we basically want we we have this insatiable desire and we we battle one another oftentimes not all conflict is bad but that's a source right of our selfish desires sometimes come into play without any question but now he says a sense of shame now i want to i want to caution here shame is not i i know that historically the i think maybe the church christianity has maybe put 
too much emphasis on the idea of like long-term shame. I think shame is a tool that that's used by God to get us to say, hey, I shouldn't do this. That's not right. But if there's once once I've repented, we talked about that earlier, once I've turned from that bad practice, shouldn't be ashamed anymore. The shame was designed for that. Long-term shame is really uh, coming from somewhere from somewhere else, a sense of embarrassment. Embarrassment. Again, this is like shame to where you can't show your face in public, I guess. Like, I don't agree with these things, Dan. Apologetic heart, I'm on board for. But again, apologizing for those things that I'm guilty of, not for something someone else is guilty of. I can't apologize. I can't. It doesn't make any sense on some level for me to seek to, you know, ask someone to forgive somebody else. Like, I'm not, I can't do anything about that, right? I mean, I can't even ask God to forgive someone else. That's, the person has to to seek that. I can't do anything about that. I can try to persuade. I can try to be a voice of reason. I can, I think it's similar. I can try to understand why they don't want that as a Christian or what have you, but I don't have to. I can't do anything about it. That's their decision. And if they don't choose the decision to reconcile or to do, you know, to to make that relationship right, or, you know, if they choose not to, I don't know, to to treat their children properly, I'm not responsible for that. I mean, I can try again to influence. I can try to understand what the problems are. I can have a conversation. I can motivate them or Tell them, you know, this is what you should do, man. What's going on? But you can't, like, this stuff makes no sense to me at some level. And not only that, and I get the sign here to take another break, and I have to do that. But this, these platitudes, they just don't make any sense to me because I don't know, like this, we as Caucasians, Dan Cathy said, until we're willing to just pick up the baton and fight for our black African-American brothers and sisters— which they are, as one human race, we're shameful. We're just adding to it. What does that mean? I'm tired of the, the. I mean, it sounds like I'm listening to Chuck Pagano talk to his football team. You know, prime the pump. We got prime the pump. Get back to work. Okay, what in the world? What's the strategy, coach, to, to win the next game? Prime the pump. Get back to work. Get your hands dirty. Move that. You know, got some heavy lifting to do. What the world, man? Give me something I can do something with. This is preposterous to me. And I got to take a break. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. All right, folks. Hour number one is quickly slipping through our fingers here, but fear not. Hour number two, we're on YouTube. Hour number two. Just go to YouTube, search the Todd Huff Show. You can check us out there for free. Appreciate those of you who do that. Be sure to subscribe to our channel while we are there. Um, We'll continue a little bit of this, I think, after the top of the hour, and we'll be there uh, about three minutes after the the top of the hour on, on YouTube. But we'll continue this. Also, I want to talk a little bit about DACA, and uh, some other things we might get into as well as hour number two um, begins here in the next six minutes or so. So anyway, as always, I appreciate you listening. Hope you have a great weekend. Of course, we're going to stick around for hour two anyway. But for those of you that can't, have a great weekend. 
And uh, we will see you on Monday or hopefully here in just a few on YouTube. So, guys, thanks for listening. SDG. Take care.